Today's Local Lady podcast is made possible with Riverton Remax All-Star Realtors. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in Fremont County, Riverton Remax has great staff that will assist you on your journey to a new home. Check out Riverton Remax All-Star Realtors on Facebook. There are several great properties for sale right now. Hello, Riverton and Fremont County. This is Bethany Baldus with the Local Ladies Podcast. And this weekend, I or this week, I'm very honored to introduce you guys to Rebecca Adams from Boise, Idaho. Rebecca is part of the Bring Our Troops Home effort that I am part of, and um, we're just going to talk today a little bit of the impacts of war on family. How are you doing today, Rebecca? doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, so um, we met back in October, I think, correct? October, November. September, October. October. Yeah, sometimes. September. It was September. <laughs> so um, when I met Rebecca, I uh, was just blown away by her story and all of the things that she does for veterans' families in her neck of the woods in Boise, Idaho. So, Rebecca, kind of tell us a little bit of what you've been doing for the last few years in Boise. Well, a few years ago, um, I was kind of at a low point and felt like I was alone in the veterans community as far as um, I couldn't find any personal groups for wives. Um, that I was able to attend as I was working full-time. And some of them, they had some at the VA for um, lives during the day, but um, it wasn't anything I was able to attend. And um, so I thought, you know what? Why don't I start my own group? And I had a girl that I worked with who was a veteran's wife, and I talked to her about it, and she was all about it. And um, so she and I and... One other person was at the first meeting, and we kind of just swapped stories and um, felt the camaraderie again, because I realized once we transitioned out of the military and moved up here, um, I no longer had that communal support from military life. Um, When we lived on base, I could walk out my front door. It was apartment buildings um, in San Diego. And I could walk out from my front door and walk across the street to my friend and uh, multiple friends. And I felt like when we moved, all that support was, even though I still talked to them, that kind of support was just cut off. I didn't know my neighbors. No one understood what I'd been through, what we had been through. And, um, even family just couldn't comprehend. It was kind of like, oh, well, you're out of the military. Now things will go back to normal. And it was not normal at all. So um, that was a roundabout way to say what started me thinking of, well, I'm just going to start my own group. And um, I think even that's probably one of the reasons why your story is so endearing to me, honestly, is because um, like when my brother came back from being deployed, he was National Guard. And we had no idea what to do when he came home, Um, you know, like with the National Guard. And so I feel like you kind of put yourself in a situation similar to what a lot of our National Guard's families go through, Um, because especially probably in states like Wyoming and 
Idaho, I would assume, would be the same way that we're so spread out. So it's not like you just have pockets of veteran families. And so um, I think that's probably, as you were telling your story again, I'm like, this is exactly what always <laughs> brings me back, that I think that your story is so impactful for National Guard's families as well. It is. And um, we have a National Guard unit here. And I do feel like there's not that same connection mm -hmm. when you have those types of communities as you do active duty military. It's yeah. Cause I would say it's not anywhere near the same. Um, I, I was going to say, and as much as we're deploying the national guards, men, I remember not too long ago, um, somebody asked me, they said, well, where are the National Guardsmen from? I'm like, uh, anywhere in Wyoming? <laughs> so, so I mean, it really is spread out throughout our states in a way that you just don't get the little pockets like you do when you're actually next to base and you get that um, environment of families that all kind of understand. You become more of the, um, when, you when you get back, like what you guys did when you moved up to Boise, you really made yourselves a minority group. Yes, absolutely. Um it was kind of a culture shock in a way, to be honest. We had lived on base his entire military career. That We got married shortly after he joined. And so I was so used to that community going in, instantly making friends because you have something in common with them, right? At yep. least your husbands are in the Marine Corps. And so even the fact of making friends was a ton harder just because they didn't already have that community, that built-in community. Um, and so I felt like I was just kind of dropped off and um, because he was going through a lot, transitioning out. Um, it felt, it felt kind of odd for me to feel so much grief at losing the military family as well. Right. It was, yeah. So you started this group with a few people and, or a few other women, and that's kind of where <clears throat> I would say from hearing your story, your activism kind of started, and you realized that there was maybe a little bit more to being a military, like um, being out of the military and still being that military wife, correct? Yes. So I realized that whenever I met a veteran's wife, um, even before I knew that they were a veteran's wife, it was the strangest thing. We would just instantly have this connection and then talk a few minutes and realize our husbands both have served. Um, that happened multiple times. And so I realized, you know, maybe the community here was a little bigger than I realized. Um, but people weren't making those connections. Mm -hmm. And um, I tried some online groups, but felt like you got a lot of the, a little less support for you and your situation as a whole and more support for do what feels best just for you and as an individual, which has its place. Absolutely. Um, but I didn't feel that walking with me through my journey kind right. of thing from the online groups that I was hoping to gain from an in-person group. Because I think absolutely with our society today, um, 
that in-person connection is missing, which I think contributes to depression and anxiety. So for me, I just recognized I needed that human connection too. Well, and I think that that's such a thing that we often forget about in our society is when um, our soldiers that so violently go out and fight for our country leave they're also leaving families. And I heard a quote yesterday. Someone told me, they said when the husband or the wife deploys, the entire family deploys and how true that is. And um, kind of what that journey then looks like when that person comes home and getting back into society. Like we don't, we don't think about the residual all the time. You do. (laughs) I do. Yeah. And I, the first time that I ever thought about it might be different um, was right before he got back from his first deployment, um, I took a class on base about what to look for in case your warrior has PTSD. Mm-hmm. And I went to the class just kind of like, well, I guess I should learn all I can type of thing, not really knowing if this was going to be his outcome or not. Um, and listened to a few people talk about it, got some handouts, Um, tried to talk to his family about it and tried to be ready and watching. And I'll be honest, I think I missed it. Even with all that information, I didn't quite understand what was happening. Sure. Um, Yeah, he came back. He had lost 40 pounds. He had trench foot, was urinating blood, vomiting every single day, multiple times a day. Um, And of course, had to be really pushed to even go to medical for those things, let alone all of a sudden, um, before he left, he didn't smoke or dip or hardly drink. Um, he came back and just all those things were suddenly much needed coping skills for him right. to just get through. Came back a little bit different. Very different, yeah. Um, he was always... Before he left, he was the most jovial, life of the party, always, everything was funny, always a joke. And even though he still has that to some extent, um, he definitely had a lot more anger and um, seriousness to him because of, you know, what he just been through. Well, I think that's why you and Ben are so inspirational to me is because this has been your guys' journey. You didn't it wasn't just Ben's journey. Like this was definitely your journey with him and staying by him throughout it. Because I'm sure like after that, things probably just got a little bit harder. Yes, it did. And um, I wouldn't be honest if I didn't say there were multiple times when I considered leaving. Um, That's just (laughs) the truth. Mm -hmm. However, um, For he and I specifically, we were best friends. Um, We were friends before we even started dating, and we were best of friends. And it really came down to, I'm not going to walk away and watch my best friend suffer. So we kept fighting through. (laughs) Um, and so then you guys had a pretty um, pivotal moment when um, he decided to start getting help. 
yes. So once we moved to San Diego um, from Camp Lejeune, it was, I thought it was going to be a great transition. Um, we were going to a non-deployable unit and we talked, okay, let's try to have a baby now. And um, San Diego, of course, is the most amazing city in my opinion. <laughs> so I thought this is going to be just one great adventure. And it turned out it was an adventure, but not always so great. Um, so once he got there, his, um, it was, it was a much smaller, I guess they called it a shop. Um, so a lot less guys, a lot less guys had been deployed that he was working with then. And, um, that the mentality was so different than the infantry unit he'd come from. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't, he went from having a lot of responsibility to not as much responsibility. And all of a sudden his, purpose for life just kind of was lost and um I thought not deploying was a great idea but (laughs) for him he didn't have that well I know what I'm working towards right and I I know I I need to train these Marines and um so he kind of started to have some pretty severe flashbacks at work um he ended up just everything kind of started coming crashing down on him. It's almost like he had too much time to to think. And um, because he didn't feel the support within his, uh, the guys he was working with as much, he just kind of started to spiral. And I remember just looking at him, like he wasn't sleeping, he was having terrible nightmares, night sweats, and um, we had to sleep with pillows between us because he would like get kind of combative. And um, I was like, you know, <laughs> you really, you need to get some help. And um, that wasn't an option anymore. So he did, he went in just for something to help him sleep and it kind of just unraveled from there when he, started realizing, oh, wait, I think all these things are just coming crashing down on me. And he started to actually process his deployment. Um, And that was a very, very rough time. And through that time, I was pregnant. And um, there was a lot of anxiety about, and then we started realizing okay, maybe his career was going to end in the Marine Corps. Maybe he was going to get medically retired out. And so then there was a lot of uncertainty of what's next. How are we going to function in the real world? And so, yeah, it was definitely a a rough time. Well, and I think that that's probably, I know from like an outsider point of view, you would think that like as soon as they start getting help, um, things are going to instantly get better, but it's just like any other healing process. Like it takes longer than you probably anticipated. Yes. Um, and the reason for that is as you delve deeper into what's causing all these symptoms you're having, um, and you actually start to process things, everything just gets worse because it's really just weighing on you. Um, and he would, he, he got to the point where he couldn't even hardly go to the grocery store. Mm. Um, he would have these 
twitches in his neck like and his, his, he just would get so tense and anxious and um he couldn't yeah he couldn't hardly go anywhere he was able to get a service dog while we were there which completely changed his life it's amazing um and he went through some intensive therapy um but he would even during the therapy he said he would just sometimes vomit was just so intense um so yeah and i was told during that it gets worse before it gets better um and for a long time it just kept getting worse and worse and worse (laughs) (laughs) but um, we eventually did see a little bit better so a little bit of light yeah well and he's doing so many amazing things right now like um i'm really excited so much of that i think is like having that support um what would in your unprofessional um point of view what would you say like are some good places for families to go if they feel like they're in this kind of situation with a soldier um with a veteran who's come home um like i guess i mean i know that I know when my brother came home, we had like an entire book of like, this is who you call, this is who you call. But I think it comes down to a little bit more like actually the human connection, like you said. And so like, what are some of your kind of suggestions to families when their veteran comes home? So I started talking about it. I didn't really know where to go. I just started talking about it to basically whoever would listen. And then along the way, I would meet people who helped me along the way. Um, That is not a very solid plan, I admit. Um, The VA has a lot of programs. Um, Wounded Warrior is a really great program to go through. I'm a part of Hearts of Valor, which is a wives group for um, the wives of wounded warriors. And that has really been a huge support. I don't know what I would do without those ladies. They're amazing. They're so strong. And even, you know, sometimes we show up with tears in our eyes, but just being together gives us the strength to move on. Um, so that's definitely a great resource. Um, yeah, but I, I really do think just talking about it and getting it out there has, was therapeutic for one, but you really never know who you're going to meet right. that you can help or they can help you. Right. Well, and that was even, um, so one of the things that you've done, like you're, gift of being able to talk about it because not everybody is able to talk about it you've kind of gone on beyond that and started collecting the stories of other women correct yes yes I did um these are all the women I've talked to are people I know personally um and I don't know if do you want me to talk about anyone specific Uh, yeah you can tell some of like the stories I think that um I I think that it is just such a way of um I don't want to say normalizing it but almost giving giving what's going on life rather than um this non-personified world that we kind of have this conflict put into right now and so like I, I just feel like it's such a gift to be able to um 
grab a hold of these stories and be able to share them with people because there you don't know who you're gonna um impact and I do think that it, it helps women be or families in general be able to have that um that story I think one of the most impactful ones that you did in DC was um the mom who uh that story like just has stuck with me since I heard it yes so um this is a mom of one of my husband's friends that committed suicide and she has been through so much um and it's true, we don't think about the, the moms and dads and sisters and brothers so much of those who are committing suicide. Um, and her story, she, she talks about how she was able to see the signs of PTSD. Um, he had smoking, alcohol, hypervigilance, mood swings. Um, and he just he kind of struggled to find and keep a steady job that had a purpose and he was living with her at the time um but it kind of got to the point where her daughter wondered if it was safe for her to live with him um he was just kind of in such a bad place um he attempted to seek help from the va and um it wasn't a good experience he tried calling the hotline and driving to the hospital um, and he kind of left with an appointment card and then his doctor somehow was a no-show, um, and no one seemed to be able to help him. So it was kind of just a, he slipped through the cracks type of thing. And, um, she realized that as his mother, you know, the wives, we can go in there and we can demand like, Hey, you're going to help my veterans. Right. You're going to do it now. Um, I've been there. But mom, they don't really have any rights to do that. Right. And um, she kept asking for help. And she was, you know, trying to tell people, you know, I think he's going to die if someone doesn't help him. Um, he didn't have any private health insurance. So the VA was basically his only way to go. And um, then he kind of hit what she and apparently he um, actually wrote as a, the eye of the perfect storm. Um, he totaled his car, broke up with a girlfriend, attempted suicide, and had $60 to his name. Um, his job was delivering pizza. So he felt like just he had no purpose. Right. Um, and then um, on September 15th, I think it was 2000, I'm going to say the wrong I think it was 16, it was 2016. Um, he kissed her goodnight, said he loved her, and then he went to a park, public park near a lake, sat in, he was driving his mom's car, and he wrote a four-page letter um, kind of detailing how he got to this point. He left all of his military medical records, and it just had gotten too much for him, and he ended his life that day. Um, and she said she realized she felt so alone and on an isolated island as the member, member, mother excuse me, of a military member who decided they couldn't live with the demons of war, that invisible wound. And um, she said she, you know, she's still feeling kind of on that island. She doesn't 
feel like she belongs. She doesn't feel like she has any real support groups, and um, which I would love to see support groups for that specific yes, type of for sure. That I would love to see that happen. But um, yeah, she she ended her story with a quote from her daughter: "The number twenty-two is only a number until it happens to you." And if you truly want to know if someone has PTSD, ask the ones who love them. It's so, you know, I'm, and I think that it is like touching into like this concept of the family around our incredible soldiers. Um, that it really does come back to like, are we doing enough and what can we do to, do more to support these people and that's exactly it is um asking I think that it's so important like Wyoming is going to have a lot of um soldiers come back in the next few months with their deployments um coming back and I think that it's so important that if you know families that have somebody deployed right now to just keep in touch with them and really, like, maybe even trying to start that community with them now so that they have the support when they do come back. Absolutely. And especially, you know, the veteran returning is going to always try to say they're fine. Um, and the families are going to put on a brave face and say everything's fine. But I'll be honest, um, reintegration is what we called it. Um, the, the first day amazing um a week in the honeymoon phase is over and crashes back down to real life and you realize your lives have moved in such separate directions you've both grown in different ways and um just to try to come together again you know even for the wives um their level of living independently you know if they didn't they didn't necessarily need anyone. Sure. Um, not to say they didn't want their husband there, but or wife, um, but just that growing back together period is really tough. You know, I mean, something as simple as taking a meal or saying, "Do you want us to do your yard work?" Um, because from experience, things like yard work doesn't seem as important to that veteran because they have the weight of war on their mind. Right. And so sometimes those things might get left undone and that can be frustrating to the other person. (laughs) Um, So yeah, things as simple as we're going to show up and do yard work or um, why don't we watch your kids while you go have a date night. Um, Simple things can really go a long way in showing your support and love when I would imagine also remembering that like past that that honeymoon phase is so short and like keeping that a um line of uh line of communication open like for probably years to come even like don't just let it like if you truly want to help people don't just let it be a one-time kind of thing right yes definitely and it's hard because I know for me, I got a lot of, oh, aren't you just so happy he's home? And of course, of course I was happy he was home. Um, I wouldn't have wanted him to stay any longer. But it, it wasn't like this cloud nine that everyone envisions. It's very romanticized. Um, it's, it's a lot of hard work 
to rebuild that relationship when they come back. So on this journey um, of telling stories and um, like sharing the stories of these other women, what is probably one of the biggest impacts that you've had up to this point? Well, Bethany, I think it was after I gave the speech in D.C., um, my husband and his buddy were on their way to go speak to one of their um, the senators that they were assigned to talk to, and they got in the car, and his friend looked at him and said, she just said my life. And he said that he's been saying, I'm fine, everything's going great, um, because he's, you know, reunited with his old friends and he said, but no, I'm not fine. I need help. And, um, so he promised he was going to get connected with the VA and, um, then made sure to follow up with him. He did make that appointment and he is on his journey to getting help. Um, so I think for me, if it did nothing else, just to help that one person meant all the world. Yep. For sure. What's a, um, so I guess kind of a way to, um, close this up. What's a way if we have somebody listening right now that, um, maybe is resonating with this or needs to connect, what's a way that people can find you or connect with you? Um, well, I have a Facebook group called Veterans Wives of Idaho. Um, and you can just look that up and shoot me a message and I will get back to you. Um, also, I can give my email address. It's rfetz85 at yahoo.com. Um, I would absolutely love to hear your story and connect with you um, and try to help you along your journey. This was very good, and I'm kind of hoping that we can maybe continue having a few more talks and um, sharing some more stories of that you have collected. They're, I feel like they're all so impactful, but if we put all of them into one show, like I would be a blubbering mess, and it wouldn't be cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> that one is probably good for per show, <laughs> but um, I uh, I really appreciate everything that you're doing, and I just want to let you know um, that I support you and anything that I can do for you, Rebecca. I am always here for you because. Um, you truly are a warrior in this and um, just the relationship that you and Ben have built over the last few years um, post him coming back I I'm just astonished on what you guys have accomplished so so thank you so much I really have to give God the credit honestly I I would be remiss if I didn't say that Um, but thank you so much Bethany and I really enjoyed talking to you today yeah thank you